This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Just two more points. That's all it'll take, or maybe not even that, if Man City fail to beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge on Thursday. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome to the post-game podcast as we react to Liverpool's first game back at Anfield during Project Restart. And what a return home it was. Roy Hodgson's Crystal Palace sent off 4-0 with goals for Trent Alexander-Arnold, Mohamed Salah, Fabinho and Sadio Mane. Coming up, we'll hear Jurgen Klopp's reaction in his post-match press conference. Plus, we'll get reaction from our regular contributors and those commenting in the Blood Red podcast Facebook group. But let's get straight over to the Echoes Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorst, who was watching on from inside Anfield. Liverpool need just two more points to become Premier League champions for the first time in 30 years after 4-0 hammering over Crystal Palace at Anfield this evening, Anfield's first match since mid-March and the first one behind closed doors. Uh, no one inside the 54,000 sees the stadium this evening, but uh, Liverpool didn't need the fans tonight. They were uh, all over Palace from minute one um, and created several chances before Trent Alexander-Arnold curled home a free kick. Uh, Mohamed Salah scored his 21st of the season after a lovely ball over the top from Fabinho, who was excellent throughout. Um, clever finish from the Egyptian, bringing up his 21st, as we say. Um, for three successive seasons now, the Egyptian king has scored 20 goals or more, and once again he leads the Reds' goal-scoring charts, uh, who will be chasing down that target of 27 that he scored last season. Um, and Liverpool, were, as we say, they were all over Palace from start to finish. It really was a, an excellent performance from, from the pool. And uh, yeah, Klopp didn't have too much to grumble about, to be honest. He normally... Um, he's normally a hard man to please, but he, he said the performance was exceptional and um, you know, Liverpool made light of the fact that they didn't have any supporters in the crowd. Um, Palace really got out their own half, they couldn't muster an attack. Wilfred Zaha went off early and that really seemed to affect uh, Roy Hodgson's side. But uh, Liverpool made the absolute most of it, to be honest, in the second half. Fabinho made a 3-0 with an absolute... Uh, worthy of a goal uh, if you picture his, his goal against Manchester City earlier in the season it was uh, similar to that but it was down the other end at the cop end hammering past Wayne Hennessy um, no doubt the cop would have went wild if, if uh, the the thousands of fans were, were sitting on the, sitting, sitting in attendance but uh, Liverpool continued to, to hammer the door down and, and Liverpool made a four um, completely wrapped the game up when Salah sent uh, Mane scampering through with a quick counter attack Mane steadied himself slotted it home and Liverpool made a 4-0. Uh, Klopp had enough time to bring on Nico Williams and Harvey Elliott for the closing stages. Both of those players caught the eye with, with decent performances of their own and it really looks like Liverpool are in great shape. So now it's over to Stamford Bridge on Thursday night. If uh, Manchester City don't win, then Liverpool are crown champions for the first time in 30 years, a maiden Premier League title and a 19th English Championship. So it's over to events at Stamford Bridge tomorrow night. Liverpool 4, Crystal Palace 0. Paul Gorst with his verdict on the Reds' 4-0 win over Roy Hodgson's Crystal Palace. All eyes, of course, will be on Stamford Bridge then on Thursday night. That one, an 8.15pm kickoff in the UK. Although you don't need me telling you that. It's within touching distance then. Liverpool tonight moving on to 86 points, which coincidentally is the same tally amassed by Rafa Benitez's side in 2009. Yet Klopp's side still have seven games to go. The man at the helm, of course, Jurgen Klopp, is the man who has made this possible for the Reds. And here's what he made of the game, speaking with the media after the match. Jürgen, well done tonight. So many good things to talk about. All four goals. Fabinho's pass for Moes. Um, but before the game, you said to me, after watching City the other night, you couldn't quite believe how one team would be so far ahead of them. Have your team kind of given you an answer to that this evening? 
not sure. Um, it's we showed a lot, if not everything, what um, helped us in this in the position we are now. Because it's it's uh, there are obviously different ways of football, different ways um, you can play this game, but um, you don't have to compare it. So it's not too important. What I saw tonight, and I wanted to have that before the before this part of the season. When I when I said to the boys, I want to see actually the best behind closed doors football ever. And not I'm not sure if it was the best football, it was for sure the best counter-pressing behind closed doors ever. The attitude we showed tonight, the passion we showed, um, was exceptional. And we played some outstanding football. The, score, the goals we scored were exceptional. So in my job, usually I have to calm things down and say, no, 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 that was not that good and we can improve. And we can improve, I know that. But it's not important tonight. Tonight is only important that we that we gave this this sign and we that we showed um, our supporters the respect they deserve that we can play like they are here even when they are not here. Yes, they can push us to incredible things, and without them, it's nothing like it is when they are here. And I never miss them more than tonight because imagine this game would have happened. Um, with 55,000 people in the stadium and and um, yeah, and emotions which would have been then in the stadium, that would have been incredible. But we cannot have that in a moment. And so it was important that we showed our respect to the people and that was what the boys did tonight and I loved it. I'm guessing that your expectation will still be that you will have points still to get to win the title when you go to the Etihad. That said, you could be crowned champions tomorrow night. So. How will you deal with that situation? Will you watch it? Will you link up with the boys on a on a video call while you're all watching it? Because it's a very different situation to kind of celebrate, isn't it? If you were to win the title. I watch the game tomorrow night not to prepare a celebration. I watch the game because we play against City a week later. Um, so I have to watch it. Um, and especially against Chelsea, which we play as well. So this game is a really important game to watch um, for plenty of reasons. And Whatever happens tomorrow night, we cannot. We have no influence on it, and so I'm not too much interested, to be honest. Um, but I'm pretty sure, anyway, the game next week against Man City is um, a must-watch for each football fan on this planet, um, because whatever will be there decided or not, um, two really good teams face each other, and that will um, that will be pretty interesting, to be honest. Um, it was just sort of following up on what Vinny said. Are you, are you going to do anything to try to connect the team tomorrow night to watch? So if there is a moment of glory that you are together in some way, even though you're distant, or you're just not thinking ahead? So I'm not involved in things like this. Uh, I have nothing to do with these things. I watch the game tomorrow night um, for yeah, to know what City is doing and to know what Chelsea is doing when we play them. Kind of having kind of an idea at least. Um, that's why I watch it. I have really nothing to do with any other things, and I don't think it's we 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 we, we, are, we don't plan things like that. So uh, we want to play this game tonight. We wanna we wanna have um, this result. I'm not sure I wanted that before the game. I would have taken each result, which gives us three points. But I love the performance from tonight, and all the rest uh, will happen when it happens. So that, I'm really not too much interested in that. So how I said this night could have been better with people in the stadium, with my family in the stadium. That would have been really nice because it's an important game. It was an important step for us, 100%. It was a sensational football game. And it would really would have wished for all people who are usually here that they could have been here, but they couldn't. And so we made them 
we made their night anyway, if you want. So they watched the game at home and um, I, I, I hope I see one time how the people reacted when we scored the goals. That would be really nice um, if, uh, if I can, some, can have some pictures from that because that's why we're doing it and no other reason. Jürgen, where does the ability to have that intensity in the players and, and perform as so especially as they did tonight, where does that come from? Is it just in them or did you have to give a speech before the game? I'm not sure if I have to, but I do. If I do, I have to do a speech before the game, but I do. Um, yeah, but the boys themselves love the way we play. So they know that that made us successful and they, they want to do these things. You saw that after we, we changed it up. We, we had a lot of good games, obviously, in the last couple of years. Um, but I can't remember a 4-0. Anyway, cannot remember a lot of 4-0s, but I cannot remember 4-0 after 80 minutes or so. And then if uh, a, a player from the other team wins the ball, four players chasing like it's the only ball um, left on this planet. Um, that I, I really like that. And that's us. That, that's us. There are different ways to play football, but this is us. You want to have the ball, you can have it, but we want to have it back, pretty much. And when we have the ball anyway, then we do some good stuff with it. That's, that's us. It, and um, I don't want to be too, too positive about it, but I don't find any negative in this game, to be honest. If I, if I would now try to, to search negatives, I, I can't remember. Oh, yes, we missed chances, but that's football. So we could have scored more, yes, but it's, that's football. But um, the way we played tonight was really exceptional. Hi, Jürgen. Um, there's a stat out that um, you didn't let Crystal Palace have a touch in your area. It's the first time that that's happened since stats were come by Opta were out since 2008. It must sort of show how sort of um, hungry and greedy your team were to, to, to just keep that clean sheet and the intensity to keep going. It's quite, it's quite some feat that to not let the uh, Premier League team have a touch in your, your area. You shouldn't underestimate how much this team wants it. Uh. You should not. This team really wants it. They want to um, fulfill the wishes of the people at home, really. Um, we have all a common dream, and we, but we have to work for it. And we have to work our way for it. We cannot play like other teams, but we can play pretty good stuff. And that's what the boys did tonight. And uh, yeah, we, when we spoke after the game, um, uh, it was a clean sheet, but it was um, usually in a clean sheet. Ali is massively involved um, in this clean sheet. His involvement was not too too big. He anyway, deserves it. And um, so, yeah, the game was exceptional. Yeah, from uh, talking football, from so many points of view, it was exceptional. Uh, it's so difficult against a five four five one. How we push them back find spaces, the, the, the free kick, of course, of Trent, exceptional. But we had many, many situations where Crystal Palace had to make a foul around the box. So that's that's how it is, because it was no harsh fouls or whatever. It was just little things, but it's a free kick. Then the second goal is wonderful pass from Fabinho and Mo and a sensational finish. The third goal was then Fabinho. Yes, he showed us already um, against Manchester City can do that, but we never give give up. And then the fourth goal, what a pass from Mo and and Sadio uh, finished the situation up exceptional. So um, there were so so many good things. Um, even we didn't score, 
and especially when the when when, when the kids came on, um, when we when we made the, the subs, um, how they were involved immediately, um, could have scored obviously as well, crazy enough. And um, so yeah, I this is this game will last a while in my mind. This is for us the that's what we want to be. That's what we have to show against each and everybody. Thank you. And then uh, finally, to finish the press conference, uh, Carl Markham, if you'd like to uh, switch off the new Carl. Um, not we can do it for you. Hi, Jürgen. Um, you seem to have spoken a lot this season about you're playing a lot of games in a short period of time. You've now got, you know, you've got eight days to wait for your next game. I'm just wondering, this performance intensity showed in that, how you, how you sort of maintain that or bottle that for the whole for eight days now. You've played two games and four games, now you've got eight games to the next one. How do they maintain this intensity when there's such a big gap? Very incredibly difficult, difficult, that's how it is. It was clear that we have these the first two games in, in pretty much three days, which is difficult. Other teams said that as well, I only mentioned it. Um, then eight days off, nobody wants that. That's how it is, but because of the city of because of the situation with City, how many games they play, the competitions there are, and the FA still wants to have their games at the weekend. There was not big chance, I think, for the Premier League to do it differently. And after that, it will be really, really tough with um, four games in nine days. And I'm not sure if the last three games are already or the last three games are already set. I don't know, um, but. It's like it is. So we need to find solutions, and um, we need all the boys. And that's why I'm so happy how the how the boys um, contributed tonight when they came on. Um, and even the boys not on the pitch, exceptionally, exceptionally in training. And, and so that helps. That we will need them all, um, and they will all play. They will all have game time, which is nice. But um, the, the, we cannot change just like we want, like eight, nine, ten players or whatever. And, and um, we have to. Uh, we have to dig in and to get through that, and I hope we will. Jurgen Klopp speaking with the press after the 4-0 win over Crystal Palace. That statistic mentioned by Dom King and put to Klopp in the penultimate question is worth repeating. It is one mentioned by Ryan Deary in the Blood Red Podcast Facebook group. Ryan says, Palace didn't have a touch in our box. First time that's happened since 2008. Incredible team. Not the first time then since Opta began recording that statistic that a side in the Premier League haven't had a touch in their opponent's penalty area. Well, Jonathan Ho also writes, For me, that was the most complete performance of the season. We didn't allow Palace to breathe, completely squeezed them into submission, looked sharp in all departments and scored some outstanding goals. Let's now, though, hear from the first of our regular contributors as Steve Dawson has his take on the night showing. Really, really good to see, wasn't it? Free-flowing football, looked very good for Liverpool. In the Premier League production studio, that's the uh, the feed that international audiences get, Michael Owen said that Jurgen Klopp had picked Liverpool's best 11 and uh, not 20 minutes earlier, my daughter had said exactly the same thing. And it's hard to disagree. I would only say that perhaps Naby Keita offers a, a better attacking option than Gini Wijnaldum and... To be honest, I'd be just as happy if Joel Matip was alongside Virgil van Dijk. Uh, and Joe, Joe Gomez, too, are just equally good. And it's, it's great that we've got them both there as, as options at, at centre-back. But it is an excellent side. It was very, very difficult. It was hard to see how Crystal Palace would be able to, to match us on any level. The quality player that they have is 
Wilfred Zaha, and of course he left the field fairly early on. I would say Zaha presents uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold's biggest Premier League challenge of the season, certainly there or thereabouts. And when he left the field, that gave us many more options to uh, attack with fluidity. And uh, we certainly managed to exhibit that. And, and Trent certainly got his, his fair share of uh, advancing runs up the field. I mentioned in the in the previous uh, post-game review against Everton that Trent was taking on a dominant role for free kicks around the box. And I certainly showed that given enough chances, he can, he can put some quality away. It was a, it was a super hit, wasn't it? And, uh, great to, to get us off to a, a super start with that. Just going back to the team selection though, you'd expect Andy Robertson to, to play in the, in the first 11 if he's fit. And it was great to see him lining up and what a big, big difference he made. And that was in the first minute as well. His, his bursting runs forward. He's got tremendous energy and pace. And uh, he's got good, you know, he's got a good first touch. He's a good first time passer of the ball. I think his inclusion was the, the biggest difference or signaled the biggest difference between our performance tonight and uh, the local derby just a, a few days earlier. So great to see him back. Also good to see Fabinho, not necessarily back, but back into form. He was a little bit rusty early on in the Merseyside derby. Grew into the game, certainly. But it was on song tonight. Tremendous goal, wasn't it? But also, what a lovely assist for Mo Salah's goal. Um, really good to have him uh, in that position because if he's there with central defenders behind him and our super fullbacks, we really do have a, a core that's so very difficult to break down and it allows us to be adventurous and expansive going forward and you know we certainly were that tonight good to see some of the young lads come on um in the last few minutes or so and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch them get more and more opportunities as the season goes on given that we hopefully secure the title uh, tomorrow or if not then very soon afterwards it's going to be it's going to be a really nice opportunity for us fans to see um, the future of this club um, take their chance in the Premier League in the remaining games of the season. Good, good time to be a Liverpool fan. Uh, very happy in Singapore this uh, this evening. Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 4-0 win over Crystal Palace tonight. Let's delve back into the Blood Red podcast Facebook group as Adam Mummer says, and just like that, the inevitables are two points away up the Reds. And Sarah Downey Ruiz Velasco writes, what a game. Everyone played so well. Sublime goals. What a performance. Just too good. Also great to see the youngsters get a chance and what a player Williams is. Cannot wait until the next game. You'll never walk alone. Even more reaction to come after Simon Donnelly here on Post Game. We've just watched Liverpool take apart Crystal Palace side at Anfield. 4-0 and each one of those goals was was fantastic really, a bit of a wonder strike. Um especially Fabinho's, what a goal that was. The distance and the power he got in that shot, it flew in. I don't think anyone was gonna save that. But all good goals, 4-0 win. And I really feel as though I feel as though we can touch it now. It's within touching distance. We need two points. 
We actually, if Man City don't beat Chelsea tomorrow night, the title is ours before we even play next. And I don't know whether the coronavirus situation will might change the tradition, but if Man City only draw or got beat tomorrow night and we've won the league, then I'm hopeful that we'll get um, a guard of honour against Man City. It would be quite nice to see them line up, especially Mr Sterling, and clap the champions out. So that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping either way, either either we win it tomorrow night without kicking a ball or we go to City knowing that beating them at their place would give us the title. Uh, it is within touching distance. I can I can smell it. I can taste it. It is only a match of time. Let's just get this thing over the line. Roll on the weekend. Come on, you champions. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Well, tonight was everything that was lacking in the derby against Everton, particularly the intensity. I thought we looked so, so sharp right across the pitch from start to finish and we did not give Palace a sniff for the entire game. You've got to have the the very, very small caveat that Zahar went off, who's clearly their their, their main threat and a decent player. And I, they didn't have... Uh, Milivojevic, who's a, who's a decent uh, centre mid who keeps things ticking over for them in the middle and is a danger from set pieces. But that aside, we just absolutely took them to pieces. And I thought it was as, as soon as um, Alexander Arnold lined up that free kick, I thought, well, he's had a couple of sighters against Everton. And it was just an absolutely unstoppable curler into the top corner at the Annie Road end. And it was just brilliant. It was just a shame that there was no crowd to see it really and I was absolutely gutted not to not to be there but it was uh, something we've we've kind of got used to it just felt a little bit weird being the first the first game at Anfield even though we've seen it at stadiums across the Premier League and in other leagues over the last over the last few weeks but it just felt particularly weird not seeing uh, seeing a goal like that get the uh, get the evasion it deserves from the from the crowd and the performance just got better and better we had a uh, um, what should have been a penalty surely against Van Dijk for uh, Cahill dragging him to the ground and yeah brilliant uh, brilliant play from Fabinho to create the second I thought he was the man of the match tonight and was just absolutely sensational he stopped the relatively small number of attacks that, that Palace had and they I think they virtually gave up attacking us probably in large part down to down to him cutting everything out but I thought for the goal the way he shook off um, being under the press was brilliant he sort of shimmied and found just a bit of room and then even under a little bit of pressure um, clipped that brilliant ball over the top for, for Salah who chested it and, and, and knocked it past Hennessy in the uh, in the Palace goal and, and I think it just showed why why Fabinho is such a, an important player for us in the, in that in that midfield holding role for us because he he can do the holding he can do the cutting out but he's got such a good passing range and I've, I've, I was really jealous of Chelsea for for a few years and, and Leicester before that having Kante because he's such a good a uh, such a good player at mopping up and and, and uh, mopping up danger and, and driving forward and I think perhaps Fabinho doesn't quite have the same level as Kante did at his peak of you know perhaps doing the work of two midfielders. But in a different way, he's brilliant at cutting down the areas that he can he can cut down, and he has a far superior passing range. 
and he's better in the air and he's just a just a, a, a key part to our to the to the way that we to the way that we function. It's great to see him back at his best after he picked up that uh, that knock at the uh, the end of last year that, that kept him out for a for a while. And then yeah, from 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 two nil from two nil up, obviously Palace were were never likely to to get back into it. And the the second half, more more goals came, and Fabinho himself stepped up with an absolute worldie that was sort of Gerard Gerard esque, very very similar to the Gerard Olympiakos game. Um, that was an absolute rasper into the uh, into the cop end, and again, just just a pity that there was uh, only flags to to see it uh, to see it really. And yeah, and yeah, topped it off with a with a lovely fourth um, from a, a rare Palace attempted attack. Really broke down, um, ball played into uh, Roberto Firmino, who turned nicely and passed it on to Salah, who played a brilliantly weighted first time pass with his uh, with his weaker right foot to, to Mane right into his path. Brilliant first touch from Mane to put it onto his foot and. Uh, curled it into the corner with that, and it was never in doubt. Um, and we were also had the luxury of uh, giving a run out to a, a few of the the younger players as well, with um, Harvey Elliott and Nico Williams coming on for uh, for some for some key minutes. And I think I think that's something that we'll see more of um, throughout the season. And it's going to be a a weird feeling tomorrow. Um, Looking for a, a Chelsea, yeah, a Chelsea result um, against against City, and uh, if if City fail to win, then they can give us a guard of honour, and if they do get the win, we've got another opportunity to win it against them next week, and uh, yeah, I really don't care which it is. Hello, Alex Watt from Did It Cross the Line podcast, and that's the one. This was the performance of champions again. Uh, that crisis lasted all of one game then. 4-0, um, four goals, all of them absolute crackers from individual brilliance to team goals. Just a stunning all-round performance that was us back to our best, really. You know, after that disappointingly flat Merseyside derby, Klopp went for his favourite, his trusted starting eleven here. You know, Salah, Robbo, Ginny all coming back in. Van Dijk and Gomez partnered in defence. And it was very welcome to see at the start of the game. It clearly paid off. This was quite a lot more entertaining than Sunday for starters. I mean, admittedly seeing Roy Hodgson back in the dugout, back at Anfield, did give me slight palpitations. But... Um, I did enjoy Klopp saying before the game that when he was a young coach, he studied the work of Sacking Hodgson. <laughs> that was entertaining, but he definitely didn't show him much respect in how Liverpool played against Palace tonight. You know, Palace set up pretty similar to how Everton did, to be honest. Very defensive, set in their formation, well organised, difficult to break down and pass through. But unfortunately for them, this looked far more like what we've come to expect from Liverpool in terms of their passing, their tempo, that incision was back as well. You know, we were just moving the ball so much quicker and you could see the forwards creating, finding that space in a way they just weren't able to on Sunday. And from the moment Trent whipped that free kick into the top corner to get us going, it was a feeling of... There we are. This is more like it. This is the team we remember from before the break. Um, I think Salah coming back in was a big part of that improvement. 
Um, this is the difference it makes when Mo Salah's in the team, I think. You know, he got his goal with that great run and finish to make it 2-0. And what a pass from Fabinho from midfield, by the way. He looked like he was getting back to his best at Goodison. And he really showed that today. You know, he capped it off with an absolute screamer of a goal. You know, he wasn't about to let Trent take the mick out of him for missing that free kick. Um, yeah, phenomenal goal. Phenomenal assist, yeah, he's definitely back to his best. I think he struggled a bit when he returned from his injury earlier in the season, but man of the match performance today, he was phenomenal. But uh, to bring it back to Salah for a second, you know, Mo wasn't at his best overall today, particularly in the first half. You could see his touch, his passing was slightly off, but his movement, his running, his creativity was what we missed so massively against Everton and he played his way into the game and his first touch and finishing was certainly back for his goal you know that control on his chest and the finish lovely stuff and then of course the entire front three played their part in the amazing passing move to get the fourth which I think was a timely reminder with all the disappointment over maybe not getting Timo Werner that we've still got the best front three in world football so we're doing all right um and yeah, there'll be no hot takes uh, about anticlimactic endings to the season tonight. You know, this was Liverpool resembling their best again, really. I think when we look back on this season, this will be one of the games we remember most fondly from it. It was a phenomenal performance. And obviously there are a few nerves after we had that disappointing showing at Goodison, but it looks like that was just a case of a slow start on the return um, and with the Man City game coming next, it's very positive to see us getting back to our best because they have hit the ground running on their comeback. Probably because the pressure is off for them, but still, um, we want to go into that game being at our best. You know, this was the right performance at the right time, reminding the doubters just how special this team actually is. Um, the only negatives to come out of this game really was the realisation that Harvey Elliott can grow a better beard than me at 17 than I can at 30. That was depressing. Um, and obviously Klopp didn't get to do his famous fist pump celebration in front of the crowd. It was very strange hearing You'll Never Walk Alone play without the fans singing over the top of it. But all in all, a fantastic day at the office. And if Chelsea do us a favour tomorrow, that's the title wrapped up. If not, we get the chance to win it against Man City at the Etihad. So either way, it has just about been worth the wait, I think. We're nearly there. Two points to go. Yeah, can't wait. Cheers. Up the Reds. Alex Watt and Matt Whitty with their say here on the post-game podcast. A couple of quick stats then for you from tonight. Mohamed Salah now has 92 goals and 35 assists in 145 games for Liverpool. Alison Becker also goes clear at the top of the race for the Golden Glove, with tonight being his 12th clean sheet of the Premier League season, having only played in 22 games in the league, of course, this season. And Nico Williams getting on for what was his Premier League debut tonight. And on that note, Robert Hall writes in the Facebook group, Nico Williams... That is all. Matthew Jones says, I think what was perhaps the most pleasing thing about that performance was that it served as a reminder to the rest of the league and us how good a team we are. I was a little worried after Sunday that the performances wouldn't reach the pre-lockdown levels for the rest of the season and that we'd be remembered by the last nine games rather than the ones that preceded it. 
need not have worried. Let's get back, though, to some of our regular contributors. Sam Planch first, and following him, it's the return of Owen Thomas on post-game. The mighty Reds played tonight, Crystal Palace. And beforehand, you know, it was quite tense. I, 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 I was feeling it. Um, couldn't stop thinking about the game. I thought against Everton we were poor, really. And listen, it's not a criticism. You know, for that many months, it's going to happen. Um, there was loads wrong. I think we've been through that. But tonight, from start to finish, you know, it's more, more so second half, but the whole game, really, um, the pool went on top. The tempo was increased. Uh, Bobby Firmino was knitting everything together. Manny had a spring in his step. Salah started off, you're thinking, mm, he's not quite fit, but you know what? There's only one way to get fit. But he still gave us that balance. Um, Robinson on one side, Salah on the other. And that's what we missed in the derby, by the way. They were all there. Um, just the football was just that much quicker. And I just think whoever we played tonight, we would have beat. And you can say what you want about whatever manager, tactics, whatever. We would have beat them. Um, Palace actually defended quite well at a lot of times. It could have been six, seven or eight even. Um you know, Fabinho in the middle of the park was phenomenal. I mean, we're, we're not just talking about the absolute, absolute rasper of a goal he scored. I'm talking about all the things that Fabinho should do, he done. You know, he shielded, he, he out-muscled, he defended, he played the ball, he assisted goals, by the way, as well. He put Salah on a plate and others. He scored a, a great goal himself. I mean, you know, it just remember Emery Can. Do you remember him? Um, when he demanded all that money per week, reportedly, and um, and, and we said, "Go ahead, then, lad." And we went and signed him, uh, Fabinho, straight after the European Cup final. We want to sign him. Um, Salah, you know, everyone underestimates how brilliant he is. You know, we say we got a great front three. We got this. We got that. Um, he comes back in half fit, look what he's done. I love um, Williams coming on and just wanting the ball, demanding it, loving it. Um, I think he's, you know, he can back Trent up by the look of it. Early doors, but why can't he? And, you know, my favourite part of tonight, we, we absolutely dominated. I loved, you know, the possession stats I haven't seen him yet. Um, I'd be surprised if it's not a record eye in the second half, by the way. But, uh, you know, I love the way 18, 90 minutes time spell and we're 4-0 up and we're fighting, four men are fighting for the ball down by the touchline for the throwing. We're just relentless. We're just hungry. We're just aggressive. We're just... And, you know, basically, like Lagan Klopp said, and it, it it's, it's just so true. You know, we're not Man City. They're phenomenal. But you know what? We do it a different way and we're great in our own way. And he knows we can't match City in terms of we've got phenomenal players, don't get me wrong. They've got a massive squad, you know, they'll pay 70 million for the full backs here and there and everywhere. We won't, but you know what? We'll do it a different way. We play in a system, you know. We have full backs acting as wingers, we have three warriors in the midfield, we have three up front, we fight to the death, you know, and 
it's brilliant. It's brilliant to see and the nature of, and what he's built at this club is phenomenal. And we, we you know, we've won this league and you know, whether we win it tomorrow night if City don't don't win, if they drop any points tomorrow and we won it, great, I'd love it. Um good to go to the Etihad. And to be honest, I I hope Sky Sports well I think Sky Sports and BT Sports and all these telly companies and everyone else will be thinking, well, um, that's what we want because if we win it tomorrow, they're going to get a Liverpool-Man City game with all the shackles off because if Liverpool have to go and get a draw there, will the mindset be different? You know, If, if we've already won it, will that just be a free-flowing game that everyone wants to see? Because arguably Liverpool and Man City are two of the best teams in the world, bar none. Not just in England in the Prem, you know they they are in the world. And what a spectacle that'll be for Telly, but for everyone who's on lockdown and for people who aren't going out and can't go, whatever reason, and we all respect that. So, you know, listen. The main thing is with champions, it, it's phenomenal. I mean, I. I for the record, by the way, I, I was expecting a one a 0 a two one. I was open for that. I, w- I was a bit nervous. I thought we were well off it on uh, Sunday in the derby. So, you know, to play like we did tonight, I'm made up. I'm absolutely thrilled. Um, I'm surprised. I'm thrilled, and it's brilliant. Hi, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. Wow! Welcome home, Liverpool FC. Welcome home. In what could be the greatest comeback since somebody last insulted Oscar Wilde, Jürgen's Rocket Reds have just served up a spicy, zingy treat that, if Michelin did football matches, would have surely gained four stars. Our greatest qualities, such as vim, strength, desire and passion, were all on full display dazzling and colourful like the butt feathers of a twerking bird of paradise. What more could any red want from a balmy summer's eve? Ten out of ten performances were everywhere. Who can stop Mo Salah? Who can beat Joe Gomez? Who can outfox Jeannie Vineldum to name just three of our heroes tonight? Who can deal with our transitions, our tenacity, our creativity, our relentlessness? How I've missed it. I've missed seeing teams ruddy-cheeked after 25 minutes of chasing red shadows. I've missed Klopp's smile, Sadio's constant threat, the goals, those beautiful goals. The league might already be ours, of course, if City drop any points against Chelsea tomorrow. In any case, any which way you look at it, our boys thoroughly deserve to be champions, as this performance shows. 23 Premier League wins in a row at home. That's kooky stuff. And although the crowd may have been silent tonight, Anfield surely was a buzz with the clang of heavy metal football. This is Owen from Cop On Podcast, delighted that the boys are back in town.
Good to have Owen back with us here on the post-game pod. It certainly has been a balmy summer's evening and with those excitement levels perhaps going to be heightening even further on Thursday night. Mark Baker's our last contributor to hear from before we dive back in to the Facebook group. As someone who's grown up really being too young to, to know Liverpool win the title and it's just a really... It's unbelievable really because... As much as Liverpool was so far clear, there was still an element of nervousness coming into today's game from myself. I'd like to think I'm quite a logical thinking person, but that's the trauma that, that the sort of non-achievements can have on you and all the the times that Liverpool, all the few times that Liverpool went close down the years and it's it'll be one of the biggest, biggest days in my lifetime um, to finally... Because there was points as well during the period of... 30 years or my adult life where you think to yourself you, you know what I'm never going to I'm never going to experience it and I'm going to see it so regardless of what season it came in even if it was the the strangest season anyone would ever um, envisage it doesn't take it away from from what the achievements will be and I felt Liverpool's performance today against Crystal Palace was absolutely outstanding now Liverpool with the ball for the majority of games, especially at home, are going to dominate possession because they simply have better players than the opposition. But the other reason they can dominate games and another reason why they've been so successful under Jürgen Klopp is the positioning and the organisation of his players both in and out of possession. And I felt no game symbolised that better than, than today's fixtures against Palace. Listen, I know Palace were, were limited in the game and at a mid-table Premier League side and were missing some of the better players, so you'd have to factor that in. But I felt, along with the Leicester game earlier on the season, it typified uh, an ideology that Klopp had when he came to the club in terms of how he wanted his, his side to play, what his beliefs in the game were, and how he was going to get that to try and play out in a game plan on the, on the, the field of play for his team. And over the past two two seasons now, and the, the body of work that Liverpool have shown, I felt it was all just put together and culminated in the performance tonight, which basically ensured that Liverpool will become Premier League champions. Without the ball today, Liverpool were absolutely magnificent. And I think sometimes you fall into a trap of watching football and you try and sort of see the enjoyments and you want that excitement from the game. But I've always been pretty much one to look at it from a try and look at it from an analytical perspective. And the level of detail, hours of work that go in to a team being able to collectively win the ball back, cut off passing lanes and set up counter pressing situations which allow the team to turn over the ball and counter-attack the opposition or win the ball high in their final third and maintain attacks, pressure and create chances in that manner is just it, it's, it can't be overemphasized how much to get that kind of synchronicity between the players and the units of the side, what a coaching masterclass um, the man has produced over the last two seasons especially when you consider the you know, they don't have the players of Manchester City in the midfield. They don't have them creative players like a Bernardo Silva, David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne. You know, Liverpool have a much more functional midfield. Don't get me wrong, very, very good players in, in Premier League and, and obviously Champions League level. There's no question about that. 
but the actual organisation and the level of detail that goes into the players being able to perform as units and not rely on a playmaker to be able to create their chances, but actually goes back to what Klopp said when he first came in. You can have the greatest number 10 or creative player, but there's no better way to attack the opposition is when they're unbalanced, out of possession, concede possession. The ball's turned over because of the positioning of your players to win it back. And then you're automatically closer to the opposition goal and therefore have a much better chance of scoring a goal than you would do if you were faced with a packed defence and someone having that little bit of ingenuity to open up a side, which which I criticise sometimes Liverpool for, and I did at the weekend not having that player. And sometimes it it comes to fruition that it can be frustrating because you feel if Liverpool just had that one player, then it would make a difference in terms of being able to carve out them opportunities when a team sit into a deeper, a deeper um, logistical position on the field of play. But in terms of how Klopp wanted his team to play and the hours of work on the training field and that ability to suffocate the opposition into their half and then spring attacks. An absolute masterclass of a performance, regardless of how Crystal Palace were. Um, Henderson, I mean, the level of intensity and ground and intelligence that he shows to be able to uh, position himself in, in perfect positions to win the ball higher and have that aggression and that determination drive other players around him with his communication. Just I can't be underestimated. And I thought every player to a man was brilliant. And to be perfectly honest, you know the, the performances of the Liverpool players over the last two years in extracting the maximum, well, the manager extracting the maximum from them, is just a magnificent achievement. And I don't think it'll be one... Um, well, it'll be one you'll look back on in years to come and say, because I don't think it'll be be one that'll be, be able to be replicated in terms of points totals again. Um, can't wait, obviously, for Liverpool to finally clinch the title, however that may be. But I just thought, in terms of a uh, tactical masterclass without the ball, um, that was Liverpool today. Mark Baker looking at how Jurgen Klopp's constructed this side of his and what a remarkable job he has done in doing so. Our last view tonight comes from one of our regular contributors on Facebook. If you do want to join and have your say, search for the Blood Red podcast group on Facebook and your views could very well feature here on Post Game. Keith Holden then writes, if you wear red, you can smell it, you can touch it. Could it be in 24 hours... Finally, 19 has come back home. This was much more like it. Whilst the derby felt like a pre-season warm-up, this was crisp, fluent and the class of champions-elect. Every player on the pitch played their part. If I had to choose one as the standout, the big number three, who scored number three, to help us get number 19. Up the Reds, hand it over, Pep. Well, Keith, it could be less than 24 hours away now. That's all from us here on Post Game, but stay tuned to the Blood Red channel wherever you do get your audio on demand. You can also check out the Blood Red YouTube channel as well, plus stick across the Liverpool Echo website. When number 19 is confirmed, we'll be there to bring you all the reaction you need and more, so make sure you're there with us too. Until next time, though, here on Post Game, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.